0: Welcome to episode 52 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm flying solo today. This is your host, Eli No Andrew, and I'm going to be playing for you an interview that I did recently in Dagestan with a really incredible guy. Um, and I, it's called a travel tip um, episode, but I just want to tell you guys that this is not really just for those who want to travel in. Dagestan. There is so much interesting information. This guy is a wellspring. In fact, I did two episodes back to back with him uh, right on one sitting and I could have done two or three more. So I encourage you just take a listen, even if you don't have immediate plans to come to Dagestan, which, you know, I'm sure that will be in the works. But also just want to give a little disclaimer. I just had like the biggest editing job of my life doing this because we had some Just deliciously horrible technical difficulties. But that's why you listen to caucus talk, because you know you're not just going to get some pat, smooth, (laughs) pro show. It's like the real thing. So um, you'll hear some weird echoes and stuff in the background, but it's just tons of details uh, with which I shall not bore you. So let's get right into it. Enjoy. Talk listeners, welcome and greetings from Dagestan. This is your host, Eli, and I'm here today sitting across the table from my new friend Vladimir Severinovsky. Welcome, Vladimir, and thank you so much for joining us on the program.
1: Ah, uh, absolutely.
0: Vladimir comes recommended as one of the top tour guides. Of Dagestan, but we'll find out. As you'll see, he is a lot more than that. He's involved in a lot of really interesting projects. So, well, why don't we start off, Vladimir? Just tell us about yourself.
1: Introduce yourself. Who you are and what you do. Difficult question because I do basically everything. Uh, I'm a journalist. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm a professional photographer and also a tour guide. But uh, because uh, tourism uh, brings me more money, then I'm Probably a tour guide.
0: That makes sense. Can you tell us a little bit about your ethnic background? I know you're Russian, but is there more?
1: Yeah, so, you know, like uh, Rasul Gamzatov, like, uh, you know, the most uh, famous uh, Dagestani after Imam Shamil, uh, he said a wise thing. He was a very clever man, and he <laughs> said that uh, in Dagestan I am an Avar. In Moscow, I am uh, Dagestani, and uh, in other countries, I am Russian. So, for your listeners, I am, pro- I am Russian, but uh, technically, I am Jewish. Yeah, from uh, Russian Jews, and uh, my forefathers, like, uh, many hundred years ago, they lived in uh, Iran. So, they are relatives of uh, Jews in uh, Dagestan.
0: Wow, that is cool.
1: Quite distant, but relatives.
0: You told me earlier, but um, for our listeners, tell us where do you live? Mm.
1: <laughs> that was a very difficult question because, uh, again, technically I have a flat in Moscow, but I spent in this flat maybe two, three months per year. And the rest of the time I live uh, everywhere. Like uh, for seven, eight months per year, I live in uh, in the Northern Caucasus in different uh, republics. And uh, sometimes I also work uh, in other republics of Russia. For example, on this February, we made a movie in Yakutia.
0: What was the movie?
1: Uh, It's a nice uh, documentary for uh, Arte channel. You probably heard of it. Uh, It's a European channel about uh, really crazy people in uh, Yakutia they you know because Yakutia is a very serious place so it has very low temperatures and actually it's an uh, adv- uh, advantage uh, of some kind because uh, they have a local fleet and uh, to repair ships so it's very expensive to bring uh, like uh, hundreds of uh, ships uh, from the river to make uh, repairs So they dig, uh, like, tunnels in ice to get to, like, important uh, parts of these uh, ships. And uh, sometimes these channels are, like, uh, three meters deep.
0: Wait a minute. You're telling me that ships come into the port from the ocean?
1: Uh, They have uh, big rivers. So, you know, uh, Yakutia, just to understand, it's uh, two times bigger bigger than the whole Western Europe. And uh, roads are very scarce. So the best, uh, the cheapest way to deliver goods is a fleet, is a local rivers, and they also have very big rivers. And Lena is probably the biggest river in Russia. Yeah. So they have about uh, three hundred uh, ships, and uh, to repair them, they bring them to some uh, like kind of uh, lakes uh, near big uh, cities, and then they freeze,
0: they freeze into the lakes. And then they dig into the ice in order to access the ships. That's crazy. Now, were you the primary filmmaker, director? I I was
1: producer of uh, this documentary.
0: The producer, okay. Now tell me, please, so where were you actually born?
1: I was born in uh, Moscow.
0: Okay, so how did you become so involved in the North Caucasus that you ended up living here seven to eight months out of a year and, according to Andrew, became an expert on Dagestan?
1: No, like... uh... (laughs) Many years ago, like when uh, the Chechen war was recently over, I met a Chechen woman and she was quite nice. I met her on a train and she had to hide. She was afraid uh, to get out on stops because uh, she expected to be arrested by local police or whatever. And it was very dangerous time in Chechnya. And then she said, okay. So if you ever decide to visit this place, uh, please uh, be my guest. And I wow. said, of course, I said yes, but I laughed like inside yeah. my, in my head and uh, I was absolutely sure I would never visit uh, this uh, region. Huh. Uh,
0: what year is it you met this woman? Uh,
1: it was maybe, maybe, maybe about 15 years ago.
0: So around 2003, three, four. Yeah.
1: Uh, so it was after the wars.
0: Okay, so she invited you and you thought this was a nice formality. Yes. And then what happened?
1: Yes, and then uh, and, uh, I, w- I worked in uh, business and uh, in real estate, I earned a bit of uh, money. But uh, then, you know, you know, sometimes it was also a very dangerous time to work in uh, real estate. And uh, <laughs> then we, we created shopping malls all over Russia. And then I calculated that. Uh, the number of shopping malls uh, we created was absolutely equal to the number of uh, casualties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was crazy time. But anyway, it was uh, nice, but then I got uh, tired of this work and then I created uh, some objects for uh, Russian uh, Olympic uh, Games. And after it, uh, I decided, OK, to quit. And actually, I didn't know what uh, to do. I spent a little time in uh, South America, which I love. And uh, then I uh, understood that uh, I barely know my own country. And actually, nobody knows uh, Russia properly, uh, even Russians. And actually, this problem exists for centuries. And even Yekaterina, the great understood it. And that's why she organized uh, some uh, expeditions including uh, two expeditions to the Caucasus. So, ah, like yes. many hundred years after Ekaterina the Great, <laughs> I decided to visit all uh, Russian uh, regions, uh, all Russian uh, 83 regions at that time.
0: Woo. So, just for comparison, there are 83 regions, or, or were, for our American listeners, so we have 50 states, um, 48 of them are connected, or contiguous. So, a lot of Americans will want to Uh, see every state, or even if not go to every state, at least drive across the country. But you wanted to go to every single
1: one of the 80s. Yeah, and not just go to write about Uh them, to find something interesting in every Russian uh, region, and to write about it. And this quest uh, took uh, quite a time.
0: But you've accomplished it.
1: Yes, and uh, the last, uh, ironically, the last uh, regions I visited... During my intense travels for exact uh, regions uh, of the northern Caucasus, and you know why, because uh, they were considered to be very dangerous, and I decided, I you know, like uh, even if they kill me, then my book will be very popular because <laughs> you know, even if, <laughs> because it's kind of also a promotion, and the book was uh, almost finished. <laughs> that is dedication.
0: <laughs> All of you aspiring authors out there, take note. <laughs> This is how it's done. Seriously, though, this was the reputation of the North Caucasus at the yeah, time. Yeah,
1: reputation was absolutely horrible of this region. And, of course, I was absolutely amazed when I saw, like, a enormous, just enormous difference be- between, like, Dagestan and people's imagination and the real Dagestan. And, of course, I decided to change it. And it also was quite crazy, because uh, I remember quite well when I published my first article, and it was nothing special, just a story of a local uh, wedding in uh, Tabasaran region of Dagestan. And then I got some strange comments. Okay, some comments uh, said that uh, I received like uh, one million bucks from Kadyrov, to write about Dagestan. People didn't understand that Dagestan and Chechnya are different republics. Actually, many Russians don't even know that Dagestan is in Russia. And uh, even now, I have some uh, friends uh, who want to visit me, and they ask some questions like, uh, do they accept Russian rubles? Wow. Yes, imagine. And uh, then, uh, but my favorite comment was that uh, the I know that these people, they probably created, like, a special village to accept uh, journalists, uh, which is full of actors who play, like, uh, nice uh, Highlanders. But outside this village is hell.
0: Oh, man.
1: And uh, then... uh, Uh,
0: That was a comment somebody made.
1: Yeah, yes, exactly. And uh, I really love this comment because it was so crazy that it was even nice. Yes, and then I continued to work, and uh, actually now I see that uh, this situation has uh, changed. And now in uh, Russia, Northern Caucasus uh, doesn't have such a horrible image. I can feel it, and more and more people uh, realize that this region is uh, relatively safe. Actually, it's one of the safest regions in Russia. It's uh, quite uh, interesting, and uh, it's uh, worth visit. And uh, a lot of people uh, come here as guests, as tourists, uh, whatever, and it's booming.
0: All right, I, I just have to go back and yeah. capture what you just said about this. So um, so right now we're in Dagestan. We're recording in Mahachkala, in the capital. Yeah. I was just in the mountains um, around the Uncukulski region at a wonderful time, incredible time. You said Dagestan is one of the safer republics. Where is this information coming from? I need you to back this up.
1: No, it's uh, statistically and... Uh, no, well, it's all about image. So once I contacted uh, like uh, one uh, TV company in St. Petersburg and I asked them to make a story about uh, Chechen blacksmith. And they said, you know, we cannot do it uh, because uh, our like uh, director uh, prohibits all uh, travel travels beyond uh, Vladikavkaz. And then I said, guys, you just returned from uh, Tiva Republic and you made... Uh, Three three documentaries about Tiva. And if you look at statistics, it's the most dangerous republic in uh, Russia.
0: Wow.
1: But uh, nobody knows about Tiva, and uh, nobody even knows about uh, how dangerous it is. But uh, about Chechnya, everybody knows it's super dangerous. But in reality, if you look at statistics, and if you visit it and see with your own eyes, you, you'll see it's... Uh, quite safe.
0: Well, I can personally definitely attest to that. And the fact that you didn't get killed when you went to write your book also attests to that. Yeah, as you (laughs) (laughs) noticed. Yes, we're quite happy for that. All right. So now I'd like to switch gears and I want to pick your brain a bit. Um, For those intrepid visitors who do want to come to Dagestan, uh, we want to know from you your recommendations. Now, Dagestan is like one of the most densely packed republics in terms of a variety of things to do. You you have the mountains, you have the sea, you have flatlands, highlands, rivers, um, canyons, snow. What are your top three to five destinations for tourists in Dagestan?
1: Mm. Difficult questions because there are so many cool destinations. I think that uh, probably... It's uh, worthy to visit first uh, Derbent, not because it's quite an interesting city, but also uh, a famous uh, UNESCO site, the only one UNESCO site in this uh, area. But I recommend you to do it uh, with a local guide, because uh, for me, the most interesting part of Derbent is the uh, local people. And if you miss this part, if you just go to the fortress, you would probably not notice anything uh, like Really magnificent. Now,
0: I really want to capture what you just said, because I think it is brilliant. You can be like a rock skipping off the surface and miss the most uh, important part of the place, which is the people. We've talked a lot about Derbent on this program. Um, Do you know how old the
1: Citadel is? Uh, It's uh, about, uh, as far as I remember, about uh, 14, uh, like 15 centuries.
0: Yeah, I think that sounds about right.
1: Okay, so Derbent, number one. Okay, Derbent, and then uh, next uh, destination, like different so-called villages of uh, craftsmen. Like uh, the most famous village is uh, Kubachi. If you are in the United States and if you would go to Metropolitan Museum. You'll see from all the northern Kafkas, you'll see like mentioning only of uh, Kubachi. Uh-huh.
0: And what do they do in Kubachi?
1: Uh, they are expert uh, jewelers. Actually, it's quite a story. I can uh, talk for 30 minutes only about Kubachi, maybe more.
0: More, that would be awesome. Next time.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, then uh, Balhar is the village of uh, Potters. And also, it's uh, quite rural, and if you're a photographer, it's a paradise for photographers.
0: Balkar, Okay, and that's different from the Balkar people in kabardino balkaria because they sound the same to foreigners.
1: Uh, just not, not in common at all.
0: Not in common at all, just
1: a similar yes. name. Yes. Okay,
0: and what do they do in Kubachi? Is it silver work?
1: Yes, yeah, so generally, they're silver smiths, but they also do enamel, and uh, they do all uh, kinds of even some ivory works. Actually, you should uh, visit also this uh, museum of fine arts in Mahachkala because uh, you can see all this uh, wonderful uh, work, and then you get uh, like understanding uh, how great and exquisite uh, is the local craft.
0: All right. So, kubachi for silverwork,
1: work, balhar for pottery, uh, kubachi for silversmith, smith, uh, jeweler, and uh, balhar for pottery, and. Uh, Unzukul, uh, but in Unzukul it will be a bit more difficult, so it would better do it with a guide. For Kubachi, for Balhar, you can go on your own without any problem. Yeah, so it's more
0: acceptable just for foreign tourists to show up yes. in those places. Yes,
1: actually you can show up almost in every village in Dagisan, as you probably know. And uh, you can find hospitality everywhere.
0: Well, that was my experience. When I first came and visited Dagestan a few years ago, we hired a taxi to go out to Gunib and we were really prepared for trouble because we were foreigners. And there was not a hitch. We just went out there, we saw the sights, we met locals, ate lakman and other good food, and that was it. We were really braced for the worst, and it was no problem at
1: all. Yeah. And the the real danger is here uh, that you have to eat too much and sometimes <laughs> drink too much. It's very bad for you. I liver. can attest
0: to that. We got back this morning and I was just totally uninterested in eating. As as we would say in English, we were stuffed to the gills. All right, we've got uh, Derbent. We've got the three craftsmen villages. And by the way, in uh, Unzukul, we forgot to mention they do a kind of uh, metal inlay into wood, and they make vases and all sorts of stuff. But let's do one more human interest city or or city or village before moving on to natural wonders.
1: Okay, good. Uh, so next uh, village is uh, probably like uh, Botlih and uh, Rahata village near Botlik, because uh, and Kvanhidatli village also near Botlich because it's quite a concentrated area. You see, like uh, like salt gatherers in Kvanhidatli. You can uh, see, like, uh, amazing water meal which uh, produces uh, Orbech, local f- uh, speciality.
0: Oh, tell them about Orbech. I just discovered this. Uh, I have a jar in my suitcase.
1: Uh. So, it's kind of uh, Dagestani Nutella. So, they use, you take different uh, seeds or nuts and then they crush it on uh, meals. Yes. And it's super delicious. Yes.
0: And for those who don't know what Nutella is, for maybe Americans, it's like Dagestani peanut butter, but no peanuts. They crush, I don't know, almonds, uh, sesame seed, sunflower seeds. In
1: general, the most canonic uh, urbech, and actually how it is translated from our, is uh, flex flax beige, okay beige.
0: it's so, super good especially in milkshakes yeah
1: but uh, to properly eat uh, flax or uh, you should uh, mix it with uh, butter and a bit of honey then it's super delicious. Oh,
0: yeah and and how do you guys eat it locally what do you, what do you eat it with uh, put it on bread with,
1: uh, just uh, everything you just can you can just uh, spoon it You can uh, put it on uh, local uh, kurze, which is kind of ravioli. You can put them on local pies called uh, chudu. And you can also put it on really marvelous apricot porridge. I hope you tried it.
0: Apricot porridge?
1: Have you tried it? No. Man, you should. I will. Is it casa abricosa? Yeah, exactly. It's super delicious. But uh, kurč, which is apricot porridge, is really fantastic. I recommend you to go to Int Cafe. Perfect. It's quite, actually, it's the best uh, ethnic uh, cafe in the city. How do you yes. spell it? Int, I-N-T. As far as I remember, maybe I'm wrong, it's uh, translated as uh, Spring from luck Language.
0: Awesome. All right, so you've already talked to us about places to visit. Should people visit Mahajkala or should they just skip it?
1: You know, Mahajkala is quite an interesting place. Uh, when I saw it for the first time, I said to myself, what an ugly city. Let's get out from it as soon as possible. Because it's actually one of the ugliest cities I've seen in my goddamn life. Yes, but then uh, that I became, uh, I really, when I knew it better, now I really love the city. And if I have time to rest, I spent a lot of time here because, you know... Despite all this ugliness, uh, it's quite. Uh, it has great soul. And I have like dozens of friends, really great people. And when I chill out with them, it's so cool. And uh, it never stops because uh, every day they almost uh, tear me apart with all the new ideas, uh, where to go, what to do. Uh, like actually all Dagestanis, they're full of energy. They always uh, do something.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Mahashkala is... A unique place. It is mixed. It's definitely energetic. I like it. All right, so talk to our incipient tourists who want to come here. How do they get here?
1: Just, uh, they can fly to local air.
0: And they're direct flights
1: from Moscow? Yes.
0: Are there seven days a week flights?
1: Uh, Like, they have many flights from Moscow every day. They have even some flights from Istanbul. Ah,
0: so it's an international airport. All
1: right, but if you're on the ground in the North Caucasus, how else to get to Dagestan?
0: Uh, car,
1: good option? Car, uh, train,
0: bus. All right, all of those. So tell us about the train a little bit. Do you recommend it to travelers?
1: Uh, you know, for Makhachkala or for Grozny, only like for big uh, train fans. But if you decide to go to Vladikavkaz or to Ingushetia, uh, trains are great. Like, my actually, one of my favorite trains in Russia goes to Nazran. Really? Really good.
0: Like, the train itself is nice. Yeah, the
1: train is nice with Wi-Fi, huh. quite comfortable. Do you sleep on it? Oh, you can sleep on any train. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. And we've said this before. Andrew and I both really like the train. It's It's relaxing. You can stretch out. It's a bit longer than other forms of travel. But, I mean, you meet people... We were on the train with our kids, and these Chechen grandmas were giving them meat pies from the next, you know, cabin over. All right, so driving, you can get here. How about the train from Moscow? Yes. Do you know how long it takes?
1: Uh, Machachkala, it's a bit less than uh, two days. Like, maybe one day and, like. 16 hours, something like this. All right,
0: I'm really going to push your touristic knowledge here. I've had this dream of coming to Mahachkala from like Astrakhan or somewhere by boat. Is it possible? No. Unfortunately.
1: Okay, darn. No, they just uh, don't have, like, a passenger connection. Yeah,
0: no ferries. All right, when people do get here, um, either in Mahachkala, which is a natural entry point, or up in the mountains, give us your top two or three places to stay, both in the city and in the mountains.
1: Okay, so top one in uh, Mahachkala, actually, the situation is changing uh, rapidly. And uh, almost every year, a uh, good hotel is uh, built here. Like, it's kind of magic. <coughs> okay. So, so far, the best hotel here is uh, Jacques.
0: Ah, Jacques. It's says yes. French. And it's yes. what? A four-star, five-star?
1: Yeah, No, no, but, but you know, they're they officially four-stars, but nobody cares about stars. They can write four, they can write five. I'm going to open a uh,
0: six-star. And roughly how much does it cost to stay at Jacques, do you know?
1: I think about maybe 6,000. Uh, 6,000, right, 6, and
0: so that's a little under $100. Yes. All right, so that's the top end around here.
1: Yes. And uh, here I stay like in a cheap and uh, nice hotel. And you can uh, live here even for uh, 800 rubles. But uh, it will be uncomfortable room without windows. But if you really are, uh, like, don't have money, don't have friends, you can try it. But uh, even uh, rooms for 1,000, 1,500 uh, like quite good. So, 1500... Is... And that's this
0: hotel. And it is called Petrovsk. And we're here right now recording. And it's very nice. All right. How about up in the mountains? you have guest houses or special places you like to go or recommend people to stay?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, like, uh, probably the... Uh, most often, I use a uh, hotel in uh, GUNIB uh, called Orlinoe uh, Gnездo, which means uh, Eagle's Nest. It's, like, very comfortable. People are really nice, uh, food is really nice, so everything is actually quite good. There are some other good uh, hotels, so Gunib, uh, like' it's, like some sort of special place in the mountains with a lot of nice hotels, which is strange because another nice uh, village with a lot of hotels is uh, ahti uh, it's a lesgi village in the southern Dagestan because they have uh, hot uh, springs and a lot of tourists are coming there. And uh, they have a hotel Samur, and if you ask for a good room for foreigners, you'll see, like, uh, they're very cheap, like, maybe, I think that maybe for, like, 2,500, I don't quite remember, like, you can have a room, like, of size of almost a football field, like... uh, (laughs) You can get lost in this room. All right,
0: so bring your GPS when you come to get to Akhti and to find your way in your room. Um, how about in Derbent?
1: Yeah, the best hotel in Derbent is uh, Ale Porusa 2500. Yeah, and a- amazing location just on the seashore.
0: We haven't really talked about the north of Dagestan. Do you recommend any sites north of Mahachkala? Uh,
1: to the north of Mahachkala, you can uh, go to... You can go to, for example, to Terekli Mektep, which is some sort of the most important uh, settlement of uh, Nogai people. And Nogai are Turkish uh, nomads. By the way, they also have uh, quite a nice uh, small hotel. Nothing specials, uh, special, but uh, it's uh, okay. And the Nogai people are absolutely different. Uh, you could imagine them somewhere in uh, Uzbekistan. Exactly,
0: a very Central Asian feel. Let's talk about your favorite places to eat. You've already mentioned Int in Mahashkala, the place to get the apricot porridge. Um, how about your other favorite places, especially a hole-in-the-wall kind of place? Um, you know that expression? Yeah, like, not well-known, off the beaten path. Uh, where do you like to eat? Mm.
1: Actually, I don't... Uh, I remember how to get there, but I don't remember exact uh, location. <laughs> Why don't right you now? give us roughly how to go? Okay, so... Uh, like, if you go beyond Int, then you'll see like a very, very small, uh, like eatery with a very good, uh, oh, 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 very, very good kiache, which is uh, uh, pie, traditional pies of uh, Lak Nation. And this quiache are amazing.
0: I've never heard of him. Uh, what do they have in him? Meat or potatoes,
1: or uh, the meat, and they before they cook it, they put this meat in uh, into sour milk, yes. And they serve all, all only these uh, pies and uh, tea, but uh, pies are really good. And uh, another place uh, is uh, oh, called uh, Hutarok, it's uh, on uh, Yarakskova Avenue, I think Yarakskova 88. It's easily you can check it on internet, it's uh, it has. Uh, like food of uh, Sogratel village, which is our village, and they have amazing berkals, our, our pies with cheese. I hope you tried it.
0: Well, I don't know. They didn't tell us what we were eating. We had a pie with ch- cheese inside it. Yeah,
1: but it's, it's almost liquid oh. because they have a lot of uh, different uh, cheese pies, but you can easily tell that you eat uh, this kind of pies, which are produced in uh, Sogratel and uh, Choch village. Man, you should. You should try it. It's my favorite pie in all the northern Caucasus.
0: All right, man, listeners, uh, I hope you're taking notes because this is quality content. Let's keep going. The mountains, full of wonderful places to visit. Are there areas that require border zone passes to go to?
1: Yes, a lot of them, actually. Like Actually, few people know that a uh, major part of uh, seashore also requires a uh, permit for foreigners. And if you go to the seashore uh, outside the cities, in theory, you can be caught by uh, like local FSB, whatever, they can give you some trouble. So
0: this would be south of Derbent, but on the seashore side near the border? Uh,
1: uh, actually, everywhere outside the cities, not uh, only if you go to the north. Oh. Yes. And uh, I do some, like now I make a documentary in one, on one uh, little island with uh, like a uh, Swiss uh, crew. And every time I have to get a lot of uh, permits for this crew. But fortunately, it's not very difficult because you can apply the internet and they can do it uh, for you like in 30 working days. And you just...
0: All right, so some of the seashore in Dagestan is considered border zone.
1: Yes, okay. outside the cities. Of course, uh, usually it's not like really controlled, but in theory, yes.
0: All right, tell us about natural sites that we should see, waterfalls or the like, and any that would require
1: border passes. Border passes. Uh, Plenty of such sites in other republics, but uh, right in uh, Dagestan, No, my favorite is probably Kusur Village, which is uh, fantastic. And if you check uh, national geographic, Russian National Geographic for April... You'll see my article about this village, but only Russian National Geographic, not American. Hey, we
0: don't care, man. That is awesome. Congratulations. Hot off the presses. There's Google Translate
1: for the rest of us. It's really fantastic. It's like a living museum, but it's really difficult to get because first you drive for seven hours and then you should walk for many hours. And sometimes this work can be quite dangerous, like. Last year, uh, we went there in uh, August, and that was quite an adventure because of uh, local, like, uh, flood. And we had a lot of uh, difficulties because uh, uh, we couldn't use a trail, so we had to go through the mountains without any trail with an unexperienced uh, girl who was with me.
0: So you took all the photos for the story, and you are an official published... Yeah, National Geographic, writer and photographer. Folks, that is in the show notes, all the links. So awesome. Real quick, another question. Do you have advice for travelers who may be going south across the border into Azerbaijan from Dagestan? Any input about that?
1: Just uh, if you travel, uh, if you take train, you just sit on this train. It's very slow, but it's quite uh, reliable. But if you travel by car, you'd better change your car on the border because usually it takes a lot of uh, time to sort out all the documents on the border. They have uh, two border crosses. One is uh, less used and in this border cross, in difficult to find actually. Then you can cross by feet.
0: There are two border crossings um, to Azerbaijan. Yes. Okay, so where's the second one? The first one's on the main road south of Deerbend. Yes. And the second one is in the
1: mountains? No, closer to the sea. Mm.
0: Because few
1: people know it. Yeah, and then you can cross by feet, uh, like, kind of officially. But uh, in this uh, central... Border post, uh, you should uh, use a car, but uh, actually there are some uh, marshutka buses who help you just with the crossing for some minor fee. Great.
0: So you can hop on a minibus and cross the border and meet your person or get a taxi or whatever you need. Okay. Exactly. If people cross the border, they won't be able to get back in unless they have a multi-entry visa, of course. So if you've got a single-entry tourist visa and you cross, that's it. Well, Vladimir... This has been one of my favorite interviews so far, um, and we will be meeting again, I promise you. Do you have any travel tips in general for foreigners to be aware of, especially culturally, regarding any customs or clothing or anything like that?
1: Okay, Actually, Westerners have a big advantage in terms of uh, safety because uh, they speak in different language, and the worst uh, thing, uh, thing a man can do here especially in Chechnya, but also in Dagestan, is to swear on public. Actually, some Dagestanis uh, do it, and they do it quite often, but if you say something bad to local, it can... But actually, it's not a good idea to swear anywhere uh, for me, especially when you travel in different countries. (laughs) And uh, for women... And of course, uh, you should, uh, like, uh, cover uh, (laughs) your... Like leg, your legs,
0: and what would be acceptable? Is there sort of a general rule? Should women wear something down to their feet or is below their knees?
1: Okay, is there a standard? No, it's a difficult question because actually it's not a serious problem. But if they don't want any, let's put it in this way, unnecessary attention, it's well to dress modestly. Otherwise, a lot of people would like crowd around them. You know. And actually the most important uh, thing that uh, women should understand and just remember it forever, never drink with locals if you are not 100% sure in them. Just never do it.
0: Yeah, listeners, I just, that's good advice anywhere in the world just to be a savvy traveler or person not to be a soft target so good advice coming from you vladimir
1: and another thing is uh, it's considered like uh, really bad for women to smoke and uh, especially to smoke on public so if you are like a heavy smoker and you just uh, cannot resist your habit and you you stay in in somebody's house you'd better just politely ask uh, permission and, of course, uh, this uh, your host would understand that, that you know the situation, that you respect him, and it will be okay for them. Of course, he'll grant you permission. Yeah,
0: and I think uh, a deeper point there is to go about your needs in a culturally sensitive way. It's a really good point. I don't think I've ever seen a Dagestani woman smoke anywhere, actually. This has been really terrific. You have been an awesome guest, and you have really whet my appetite for more. <laughs> We end all of our interviews with this one question, Vladimir. If there is one thing you would like the world to know about the North Caucasus, or Dagestan in particular, what would it be?
1: I think that, uh, that it's the, one of the most uh, diverse uh, places on earth. So it's a relatively small republic, and uh, more than 100 different nations are packed in it. So when you travel in Dagestan, every day you can stay with a different nation, with a different language, different culture, and different cuisine. And it's fascinating.
0: Not an overstatement, in my opinion. Well, I want our listeners to be able to get in touch with you, Vladimir. So how can they connect with you, either... For your tour services or as a um, photographer or filmmaker, how can they connect with you?
1: Okay, so uh, you can uh, reach me uh, via Facebook, uh, Vladimir Sivrinovsky. not so difficult to find. And uh, if you want to hire a company for tourism, uh, you can also contact uh, Kafkasus Explorer, also easy find. Uh, we have a big site.
0: Great, and both of those will be in the show notes, links hooked up for Facebook and Caucasus Explorer which is caucasus-explorer.com.
1: Do you have an Instagram feed? Uh, yes, I have uh, Instagram. I can write it down for you because it's kind of a tricky name. Great. Just uh, come to Dagestan. Uh, come to the Caucasus. It's great here. But beware, you'll be addicted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is true. Vladimir, thanks for your time.
1: Welcome. Thank you.
0: Listeners, don't forget to check out our Facebook page caucus talk and also our website caucus for uh, other episodes you can subscribe on itunes or on android and please send us a message leave us a note on facebook we'd love to interact with our listeners our listeners are the best this was episode 52 of caucus talk your source for culture history and tourism in the north Caucasus mountains of russia and we will see you when you get here